0: Studios.
1: This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Cat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, welcome to this episode of After 9. Today is hump day, but more importantly, today is 420.
0: 420. So what do we do now on 420 in places where like weed is legal? Because I know that was a big protesting day and that's great. People went out there. I remember it being a a thing. And now guys, it's a reality. You can go ahead and go home today and smoke your dope. It's good. Fine. Edibles or take your edibles galore and whatever the heck you do want to do. Great. But um, is it just a day to do it? Like to make sure you go out of your way to do it, or maybe you treat yourself to something you've never tried before. Maybe we go with that route.
1: Well, you actually had a great point there. You pointed out that originally 420 was somewhat of a protest day, even though it was illegal and immoral. (gasps) You filthy fuckers. You could go out and and light a joint today. and, And we all know the story of how 420 came to be. At this point, though, I mean, this is an example of how protests work. Eventually, the government did legalize it. And we can have a discussion some other time about whether or not it ever should have been illegal. I think a lot of people have learned a lot now that it is legal and they see how things are going, which is quite well. Lots of money coming in for the government. There isn't this massive wave or influx of crime happening like some cities were worried about. It's been nothing like that. So we're doing great. It is legal. We don't really need 420 anymore, but maybe for historical reasons, there are those who did take up the cause and Mm -hmm. the struggle, and there is still a struggle to try and for some people, get their records cleared of criminal charges that they may have faced when they were selling or buying marijuana That's right, back in the day.
0: Yeah, and norm- I think normalizing it is still a thing that we, we are working on. I think it's still, for me anyway, if I tell people I do occasionally smoke weed, for me, I still have this feeling of like, I should be embarrassed by this, right? And it shouldn't be that way, no. you know? So I do think that there's still sometimes a stigma attached to it, but we know that the benefits are there. I mean, people who have anxiety disorders, as one example of many, many, many examples of of people who use it medicinally, Um, it's a great help too. And I think removing the stigma is important. So today's the day to remind everybody it is legal. It is okay for you to do. Just make sure you're responsible about it like anything else, right? You know
1: what I don't understand is the evolution, what the plan is for cannabis. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. We are bombarded every time we open social media or watch TV with nonstop ads for everything from Grey Goose to this new kind of beer and this, that, and the other thing. Alcohol advertising is running wild, but there are massive restrictions on cannabis stores. Licensed, government-regulated businesses that are putting out a product that clearly there's a demand for. That they're not allowed to tell anybody about. And I don't understand why the advertising rules around cannabis stores are so archaic. Maybe you haven't ventured out into the legal market yet. I'll tell you, most of the cannabis stores, and I think I've been to most of them, are very nice. But they aren't allowed to show you the inside of the store from the street. God forbid a kid walk by and see a what looks like a, it could be an optical store. You yeah. wouldn't really know yeah. because all the weed is in the back. I, it's not like there's giant pot plants growing in the middle of the store. It's nothing like that. But we're so fucking sensitive. We can't even let you look in the store.
0: It, it is interesting, isn't it? You you bring up a good point. And I, I never really thought about that before. I have noticed it, of course. But when I look at those storefronts, I mean, I know what's inside of it. What does it matter? Because we're not talking about something like cigarettes, for example. This isn't a cigarette store. We know that that is the opposite of what you should do if you want to be live a healthy lifestyle. And we've known this as, as a fact for a long time. It's completely different. Blocking that off, I get. But you can walk into a grocery store, for example, which sells wine and, and beer. And I can walk through the aisles with my kid, as an example, of that store anytime. But I can't bring them into that that area. Not that I would. But you know what I mean? That can you can't even look in that window, can't no. no. The Where's, windows
1: windows are all papered over. So and-
0: why is there a difference? You know, like tell me the difference between why elk it's okay for alcohol to shine bright, like you said, and the diff and, and weed. That's absolutely true. And maybe one day it will change. I mean, this is also new to us. So I always I always add that in that this is new. It's everything is a progress usually. Maybe five years from now, that'll be gone and they'll just say, Fuck, you don't need to worry about Putting that up, maybe some places enjoy that. I'm thinking, I don't know, from a from a business owner standpoint. Yeah, maybe I don't want you to have to look like look inside my windows. I might be okay with that anyway. But that's not that's why I'm not a business owner. Maybe <laughs> like I, I don't <laughs> want people in my business, so that's a problem when you're trying to be a business owner. But yeah, it's it's a great point.
1: I just think that it's time to modernize things a little bit. Let's all get on the same page, and as long as there are dinosaurs like uh, uh, Mississauga out there and Oakville, who's the mayor of Oakville, Rob Burton, that won't even allow it in their city. No pot shops here. We want to send our residents to other places to spend their money. It's so dumb. You know, like at first, this shows you how much we've, or how little actually things change because we get very focused on right now. And if you think back, what was it? Three years when they legalized it? Three, four years When you think about that, people were killing each other on social media over it. Oh, my God, it's the end of society, Mm -hmm. the corruption, the children, the DUIs. None of that turned out to be true. All of the fear mongering against cannabis sales was unfounded. Everything has gone very, very well, all things considered. And, And the fight ended as soon as the stores opened. That's why I think that there's a lesson to be learned there when it comes to all the COVID mandates and stuff like that. As soon as the mandates get lifted, in theory, we should be able to move on from that subject onto something else. It started off as weed, it turned into masks, and now God only knows what's around the corner next. But I do want to talk about uh, uh, something similar here. Yesterday, Pierre Polyev came up. Pierre is running for leader of the Federal Conservative Party, and he did something yesterday that I don't think has ever been done. He held a sold-out rally in downtown Toronto. Typically, the Conservatives don't get a lot of love in in liberal Toronto. Pierre went to the Steam house, Steam Whistle Roundhouse and held a rally. Uh-huh, that's why Steam uh, Whistle was trending. I did notice that. A thousand people inside and they turned away a couple hundred that just couldn't get in because they were at capacity. And that's fine. Pierre did what he does. He is... Uh, motivating a lot of people to take a look at him as a candidate. Good for him. It's what Steam Whistle did that I'm really trying to understand here. Steam Whistle is an event venue in addition to being a brewery. You can go there and you can hold your wedding reception there. You can hold a corporate event there. Mm -hmm. No problem. They've held political events in the past. In fact, I don't mind telling you that many years ago, I hosted a convention convention. For the Young Liberal Party of Canada, when Paul Martin was the Prime Minister, they held a Young Liberal event during the Liberal Convention in Toronto, and it was at Steamhouse. I hosted it. It was a good event. They paid me well. Thank you, Paul Martin. And I don't ever remember SteamWhistle putting out a letter like this, but it's got a lot of people wondering, and I'd like your take on it. SteamWhistle received a last-minute booking for this event on April 13th. Steam Whistle is in no way affiliated with the Pierre Polyev campaign, does not endorse his political views, nor did the brewery sponsor the event. The candidate submitted an inquiry and went through the traditional booking process as any other paid client would for an event booking, whether it be a wedding, corporate event, or private gathering. Over our 22-year history, a number of different political candidates and parties from all three branches of Canadian government have rented our community event space. We do not choose our clients. Rather, they choose our venue for its amenities, size, and location. We have upcoming bookings for other political events this year. Contact us for further information. So when I first read that, I thought to myself okay, yeah, Steam Whistle just wants to take themselves out of it. They're going to put up a, they're going to use their venue to uh, host an event by a politician who is wildly popular with some and wildly unpopular with others. And they probably just don't want to get canceled. They don't want liberal Toronto freaking out thinking, fuck Steam Whistle, they support Pierre polyev I thought at first it was a good preemptive move. But then I thought about it and They've never done anything like that when they hosted other functions. It seems to only be Pierre. Who paid money for the venue? He paid to be there. And I'm wondering, is that a slap in the face to Pierre Polyev or are all venues that host any events going to have to be on pins and needles and God forbid a politician come in? It could have just as easily been Justin Trudeau. I I think Steam Whistle was worried that liberals were going to see Pierre Polyev at Steam Whistle and say, well, I'm not supporting Steam Whistle anymore. Would they be worried if Justin Trudeau held an event and conservatives won't buy Steam Whistle anymore?
0: Obviously, they did receive some hate. I don't think he would do that or say that anything about it, really, if you didn't. But yeah, I mean, I'm on the side of who cares? It's a business like any other business. So people are willing to give you their money for it. It's not like Pierre Polyev went around slapping babies, you know, in the face. It's a lot different when you're talking about something like that. It's politics. Not everyone's going to get along. But if a venue is going to take on anything, let them take it on. It's up to them, too. If they choose not to, that's fine. But why would they give up the cash? Why?
1: This cancel shit has got to stop. I I think, truly, that Steam Whistle was not trying to disavow Pierre Polyev. I really don't think that they were uh, uh, trying to take a shot at a person who just handed them money and supported their business. I really think they were worried about being canceled. Liberal Toronto, liberal Twitter will do that all the time. Oh, you you held an event for Pierre Polyev? Fuck you, I won't buy your beer anymore. And they will. They always do. But nobody wants that kind of <laughs> negative publicity. Or
0: they're bitching about it and they didn't even buy it to begin with. Well, or that. I'm boycotting. Did you ever have it? No.
1: <laughs> like, well, okay, well, fuck. And, and I think they had the best of intentions, but no business should have to do that. No mm, business should. Regardless of who it is, they shouldn't have to justify Their sales, this is what keeps them in business and their employees with a paycheck. Why on earth would anyone threaten a business that's in the business of hosting events for hosting an event? Because you didn't like the person that was throwing the event. How on earth can you possibly justify that? Cut this cancel culture shit and stop worrying about the business of other businesses. Worry about yourself. Who cares where Pierre Polyev spoke? Today, Justin Trudeau is in Kitchener. I don't know where he's going, but I sure as shit will not be complaining to the business that hosted him. How dare you have that man in your venue? I'll never support you again. I'm not going to do that. Businesses are in business for a reason. They're run by business people and we need more of them. Smart ones. They shouldn't have to apologize before they even open the doors Mm -hmm. for the fact that they're opening their doors to an event that you might disagree with. So, Steam Whistle, I'm fine with it. I know that some of the the conservatives are taking shots at Steam Whistle for putting this letter out. I don't have a problem with it. I think it was smart, think it was preemptive, and I'd like to think that they don't have a political agenda, and they'll just be neutral through the rest of it. The inflation from March came out today, Kat. 6.7% is an all-time high. You don't say... You, I it's mean, we up. all know it's, it's insane. It's fucked up, is what it is. It's
0: insane when you see it on, and when you see the facts, we we know, we know, right? All you have to do is go out, go shopping somewhere, and then you'll see. All you have to do is look at the price of anything, really, right now, and and notice a difference in your bills in whatever it might be. But that's, I mean, that's insane.
1: 6.7% on is the increase. They call it inflation because things that cost, I don't know, 5 bucks before should on average go up 6.7%. Our overall expenses would go up that much, and it's being fueled by a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. The price of groceries? Sure. The Big price one. the price of gas, the mm-hmm. price of housing. And so far, nobody. Look at all those really intelligent people like Justin Trudeau and Doug Ford. You'd think with geniuses like that wandering around, this problem would have solved itself by now. Right. Go right. figure it didn't. Yeah. But there are a couple of real estate stories in the news today. I don't know if I buy this, but Calgary's real estate market is apparently seeing a huge influx of buyers from Ontario. Hmm. Realtors in Calgary say they're responding to a growing number of inquiries from people in the GTA who are now priced out of the Toronto market and looking to buy a bigger home or more property in a major Canadian city where real estate is still affordable. The benchmark price for a detached home in Calgary last month was $620,500. That's 20% higher than last year at this time but it's still half of the average price in Toronto.
0: Yeah, that's the thing, right?
1: Can we, I I love Calgary. I've been there. I I spent some time there a couple of summers ago. And one of the great things about Calgary is when you get that detached house for $620,000, you're getting a suburbs style house like you get in Southern Ontario. The houses that they're asking 1.3 million for in Toronto aren't necessarily, uh, less than 10 years old and built by Mattamy with all the modern amenities. They're like wartime homes. They look like shacks and people are getting $1.3 million for some of these houses. Do a little trip outside of Toronto, go into Mississauga, Brampton, Newmarket, go to Richmond Hill, Pickering, Whitby, Burlington. You get newer, nicer houses, but even those are creeping up to that 1.3 range in a lot of cases. Easily, too. Yeah. It's going to be the new threshold unless you actually have or can't afford a million dollar home, yeah. you're not going to live in the GTHA. It's just not no. reality anymore.
0: It, and the the cooling that everybody has been alluding to, it's a potential that there's going to be a cooling. Don't worry about it. I was reading something more recently that that's showing that it's not going to happen anytime soon. If that even does happen at all, it, it, this is kind of the, a new reality, a new way, a new thing to get used to. It's really hard for prices to come back down after they rise so high like this. Sure, maybe there's going to be a slight decrease based on the competition, based on competitive, you know, bids. Maybe, but honestly, they're not expecting that to happen at all throughout the spring, throughout the rest of the spring, throughout the summer, throughout the fall even.
1: Well, the Ontario government's going to take a crack at it. Let me teach you, or sorry, tell you about this. Uh, the Ontario government is giving property sellers the option of disclosing the details of competing offers, but they're not going to go as far as to ban blind bidding. The Minister of Government and Consumer Services says sellers will be able to choose or opt for an open offer process and share bids. Blind bidding is the practice where buyers bid for a home without knowing the size or amount of competing offers. A lot of people think that's behind why the real estate market has gone so high. Changes would also include a new code of ethics for real estate agents, more clarity for buyers during the home buying process and greater powers for the Real Estate Council of Ontario to go after bad actors. Hmm. All set to take effect next April the first next year.
0: Okay, Um, yeah, I mean, when it comes to blind bidding, I don't know, it's very interesting for me and I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it because part of me feels uh, that it's fair. And the other part, I understand how unfair it can be. But at the same time, if you are really, really um, competitive and want that place, seeing it, let's say you get to the chance to see somebody else's bid, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to spend more. You could end up spending more. Could it not backfire?
1: Oh, it sure could. You know, easily. We're still talking about a bidding process. The only difference here would be you would know how much the other offer is and have the chance to go higher. Right. Or you wouldn't know. This is not as black and white as this is set out to be. First off, get yourself a good realtor. Start off with a good realtor. You don't want somebody who doesn't know what they're doing or doesn't care. There's some people who are doing it as a side hustle just to supplement their income from their other job, and they're not really invested in it. They're not really making money. Get a good realtor that will walk you through it. I don't know why anyone would opt out of the blind bidding process because history has taught us you probably get more. Do you like blind bidding or not? Well, that probably depends which side of it you're on. If you're buying a home, you probably hate blind bidding. If you're selling a home, you probably love it. Sure. L- let me give you an example. The house that I'm in now, when we were looking at different houses, we had been outbid on so many different houses. And the realtor flat out told us, in this market, you have to go in 200000 over asking. I've looked at every single sale from the last eight months and, or whatever. They're all going around 200000 over asking. So if you want it, go there. Start there. If you just want to take your chance and see if you can get a deal and waste everybody's time, go ahead. Put in an offer for ten or 20000 over But you really are
0: wasting you know, people's
1: time. It's not going anywhere. No. It's just a waste of time. So a good realtor can tell you what's realistic. And generally, that's part of the reason that they're a good realtor is because they understand their market. If I'm selling a home, I want as much money as possible. One of the things that nobody seems to be talking about is the nest egg. You get guys like Doug Ford and Justin Trudeau and all the local leaders. Oh, housing affordability. Don't worry. We're on it. We're going to make houses more affordable. All right. No problem. The house that somebody lives in is their nest egg in a lot of cases. It costs a lot of money dumped into that house over the years that they've owned it that when it's time to sell, that's their retirement fund. If you guys race out here and cool the housing market like Kathleen Wynne tried to do a couple of years ago. All you're going to do is suck away the savings and retirement fund and nest egg for a lot of people. If it actually works, I have a feeling that because you guys don't really understand what you're doing, you're not going to have that much of an impact. You might even make the prices worse. Mm -hmm. It's entirely possible. You're just going to make the problem worse. I I don't know why government wants to interject themselves, but I tell them, be very careful when you do this. I totally understand. We have a housing problem and, and you guys can get on that. Go ahead and build more houses. But don't start fucking with people that are selling their houses now and don't even try and tax someone's principal residence, which I don't believe Trudeau when he says they're not going to do that.
0: The smartest way, I think, to help out the situation, I do agree, because putting your nose right in the situation could absolutely backfire, is doing kind of, I'll admit, what they've already kind of started to do. In helping with families and the cost of daycare, for example, perhaps those are families that are just trying to save up for that first home. Perhaps those are families that are looking into getting their second home and need, you know, more income because of it and the, the price of inflation. So all those little things and I know some people hate it, right? You know that that's coming out of your your pocket. That's tax dollars. But if you help out families in that way and all the small, like small, I say small, they're, they're big things, but small things that they're doing surrounding it are, are also going to help.
1: Yeah, I mean, building more houses is good. I don't know why everyone is so afraid to make a, this radical suggestion that maybe people who are immigrating to Canada should consider staying out of the GTA. Oh, you want to move to Canada, do you? Great. We got lots of room up in North Bay. We got lots of room up in northern Manitoba, in southern Saskatchewan. There's lots of places with lots of spaces that have real estate that's very affordable. But for whatever reason, everybody just sort of gravitates towards the GTA. Let's spread out a little. If people from the GTA are moving to Calgary... That's a good thing. It's going to be great for homeowners in Calgary because that'll push that value up a little bit as more people flood the market. It'll get some people out of this market. Everybody needs to have a place to live that's affordable, for sure. But to go out and try and intentionally cool the housing market, take off some of the prices, isn't helping anything. You need to build more houses, entry-level houses that people can afford. The biggest barrier to getting into the market right now is the down payment. There are people who have got the credit and got the income, but they don't have that down payment. So you need a smaller or more affordable home. Uh, People moving to Calgary is fine. I would suggest you also look at the East Coast. I've talked to a number of people recently. Oh, tons of
0: people are looking into that already.
1: Who are going out to Nova Scotia and Prince Edward Island and New Brunswick, etc. And and they're getting a hell of a deal. They're getting basically oceanfront property for like three hundred thousand yeah. dollars, our
0: buddy Tony uh, Joe Hall—he is a fantastic realtor, by the way. He has a lot of clients that he's helping here to sell their homes, and and a lot of them, he said, are moving. It's amazing how many of them are like, yeah, moving out east, out east, 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 and a couple out west, in, and a couple in other spots in Ontario, uh, not close to the GTA. But that's definitely a, it's a trend, and it makes sense if you if you want to be able to afford and have a comfortable living. Like maybe there's a chance that you could could barely afford it, but my god, that down payment is it absolutely is something else, Scott. And we've talked about it before in other podcasts about where the money is coming from for the young people moving in, and it tends to be the the answer tends to be the parents are selling off their properties and helping them out. And that's fine. And that's fine and that's fair. Like to me it's it's all fair. Like what are you going to do?
1: I, uh, I I really, really hope that the government is very thoughtful and deliberate about what they're doing. Raising interest rates isn't necessarily going to help that much. It might prevent people from getting too far in over their head, but it does nothing for the people who are already in over their head. As far as blind bidding is concerned, you should never take away the option from a homeowner that wants to sell their home. You should never restrict the amount of money they could potentially get for that home. That's just the way it is. It's supply and demand. And if somebody really wants my house, they're going to pay for it. That's all there is to it. And and there's a lot of people who will use the equity they have in their home for many other things, which also help the economy. Mm-hmm. So calm the fuck down. You don't need to worry about doing too much here, Doug and Justin. Just be calm. Worry about building new houses, more affordable houses. Try and get the country to spread out a little bit. We got a lot of space here. Incentives, maybe? What about incentives to moving to other
0: areas? I you know like what, to what me could it there's be? no upside
1: other than I get a lot more house for a lot less yeah money. and
0: that's something I mean and that is something but I'm thinking like maybe you come there and you get a, I don't know you get like a...
1: <laughs> buy a house and get a Tesla get for a, free <laughs> you
0: get something right can we throw in some incentives here to help out because I mean that is one that is one way to think of it but there's also I mean there's a lot of different reasons why people choose where they choose to to end up. But not surprising that a lot of people are choosing to get out of here. I In, get some,
1: it. in, in some cases, though, it is also just habit because they've always been in a certain area. Sure. If you grew up in Cambridge or Kitchener, maybe you've never really thought about moving to another province because this is home. You just think of it as home. Um, there's also an education process, too. How do you even start? How do I figure out how to buy a house in Nova Scotia? Do I have to go there to see it? There's a lot of different what ifs and people can talk themselves out of what would actually be a good thing for them. For the price of a one-bedroom condo with a den in London, Ontario, you can get a detached house with a half acre of land and an ocean view in New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. Do you want to move to New Brunswick? Well, that's really the only question you have to answer. Uh, Most parts of the country are very accessible by air if you're worried about staying in touch with family and friends. But I mean, when we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars it's a consideration
0: lifestyle. I mean, we're talking about your life, right? So yeah, it's, it's all important things that people are asking themselves that question.
1: While we're talking about money and the cost of things, Netflix basically priced themselves out of the market, and now they're finally starting to get a little bit of comeuppance.
0: I think that they're not surprised by this number, and in fact, they're already um, looking in their crystal ball for the next quarter, but they released the numbers yesterday about the first quarter, and they lost, for the first time in 10 years, by the way, they lost subscribers. You know, people, people drop off all the time, but they also add Netflix. And so it's always been, oh, yeah, we added new users, added new users at the end of the calculation. This is the first time ever that in total they've dropped 200,000 subscribers.
1: That's a net loss of a lot of money, a
0: ton of money. And next quarter, they say you prepare for it. It's going to be closer to two million that'll drop off. But they've got things in place and it shouldn't be surprising to them. They've made several. First of all, they've raised prices. So they raised prices recently. Fine. The other thing that they've added on is if you want to use it, and share it with another household guess what it's not happened yet here where we are but in several countries it's already started where you're paying extra sometimes as much as six bucks is basically the max you can go up to plus tax for two extra households it's three bucks a household and then um there's obviously the fact that they're probably going to raise prices again on top of that by the end of this year so all of that news taken in and the competitiveness of that streaming market i mean it's insane now you can get subscription services. Here in Canada, we don't have the exact same thing. They've got Peacock in the in the States. They've got uh, Paramount Plus in the States and HBO Max. Now, here we have Crave picking some of that up. And, and Disney Plus will take some of the slack on that, too, uh, with Hulu, for example. Fine. But no matter where what way you slice it, there's it's getting so competitive. And families... And people have to pick and choose what they want. And because it's getting so competitive, there's a lot of people going, well, Netflix is going to do A, B, C, D. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm dropping off. So yeah, it equals a lot of money. They've announced now yesterday that what was in play for a while and rumored for a while is accurate. They do plan to bring on a cheaper subscription price. Now, they aren't releasing details. But in short, guys, in case you're thinking, I might give up Netflix. I don't know. They want to give you a low tier option. I don't know the the amount. Let's go with probably I'm I'm going to guess it's going to be somewhere around like 8 bucks. Maybe cheaper. To start probably cheaper, 6.99. And it's going to have ads. See? That's the pay. That's that's what you have to give into. Is ads. You know. You're back to television.
1: You're back to TV. You're back to TV.
0: But is it about the content? Over over being back to that TV way of doing things, over that commercial break way of doing things. Because for me, content matters, too. If you're putting out trash, I'm not going to stick with you. That's just it. Netflix is putting in a lot of money. They are hiring those good people. They, their productions are insane. They're more recently, the, the movies are incredible, I've been really impressed with what they put out. So I'm not ready for myself personally to pull the plug on them based on money. I'm really not because the content is there. I'm not even going to probably roll with the, I'll save a few bucks, but I have to watch a commercial. We don't know what that entails yet. We don't know if that means, will it be a 30 second ad before you watch an episode of something? Or will it be in the middle of the friggin' episode? You're going to have to watch two commercials. I mean, I don't know what it's going to look like.
1: Is it like YouTube? Are they skippable or not skippable? There's all kinds of different things that they could
0: do. Lots of things they could do.
1: When it comes to Netflix, a couple of different things all added up to The Perfect Storm. When Netflix first came out, it was a chore. They had to convince people, you don't need to be plugged into that fucking box that you pay 15 bucks a month to Rogers for every month. All you need to do is stream your shows. And it took a while, but people warmed up to that. It was great. And then they had all this content that you couldn't get on regular TV. And people were like, okay, they have all this other content. They've got lots of movies. I can watch a lot of the shows that I watch on regular cable. I'll cut the cable and I'll go to Netflix. All right, fine. And it was cheap. If people were paying 100 and something a month for cable, they were paying $12.99 for Netflix. This was a no-brainer. But as the market expanded, as other companies took Netflix's great idea and created their own streaming services, they pulled back their content that minimized what was on Netflix. Oh, you want to watch Disney, do you? Fuck you. Now you got to pay for another completely other subscription. Mm -hmm. And now that inflation is the way it is, housing costs are the way it is, the the uh, splitness of all the content people have to pick and choose because there's not an infinite amount of money. Whereas it used to be a cheaper alternative to cable. Now it's rapidly becoming very comparable to cable, but not even as convenient. So, all right, you want Netflix fine. Oh, but you like to watch the Sopranos. Well, then you better add in crave. They've got the HBO stuff. Oh, you want to watch this? Uh, you're going to need Disney. Oh, you're going to need Peacock. Oh, you'll need Hulu for that next one. You like the morning show. You need Apple. Well, now, what did we really accomplish here? Now I'm probably spending more than I was just to try and watch a show. And it's getting stupid. I don't understand why all of these companies don't work together in some way with a a greater authority, maybe, where you can just a la carte watch something. I don't I shouldn't need to have to (laughs) subscribe for the whole Apple TV subscription just to get one show. And I'm not going to. And people were for a while. I'm sure there's a lot of people who finally had that reckoning recently where they said, look at how much money we're spending every month on all these different subscription services and we don't need them. Oh, throw in Prime. I know Prime comes with your Prime membership, but that's another Amazon yeah. subscription. I mean, it was getting ridiculous. There's not even enough room on the screen on my TV for all the different fucking apps that I've got. So I'm going to pair everything back. I don't need it all. I know, And I don't think most people are into paying for... <laughs> Uh, less options, more money when it comes to Netflix, you're getting less now with Netflix than you did three years ago.
0: See, and I think you're getting better productions. Like, I would disagree on that. I think you are getting better quality productions. I mean, Red Notice. What a fantastic movie that was. The Adam Project that was just out. You're getting big names. You're getting big production. Plus, you still have the chance to watch a lot of other stuff, right? Documentaries, weird stuff you wouldn't have seen otherwise. Tiger, Your Tiger Kings and your Tinder swindlers and all that shit that you would never stumble upon because you're into your own regular routine. But because it's on Netflix, oh, because it's trending, it starts to trend, and you start to watch it. So I, I do... For me, I still side with Netflix, but in my house, we've got Netflix, we've got Amazon, we've got Disney Plus, and we have Crave. Like, that's too much. Four and this of them. Is, Plus, you this probably is, have cable it, or
1: something. I don't even
0: fucking watch most of it. Like, it's ridiculous. But this is the argument I have. Because of what the point that you just were making about, you know, I want to pick and choose from here and here. Wouldn't that be a lovely situation if we could a la carte it? Wouldn't that be great? You know what? I'll pay five bucks to be able to watch this movie. It'll never happen, though. It'll they'll it'll never happen. They want you and they want to keep you there. The a la carte thing—we know that that's you can never it can you can never get it. What I found to be a good in between help anyway, because when it comes to Disney, I think that's the first one I'm going to drop. Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, with two young kids. With
0: two young kids, and the reason being they're young enough. Here, that's why mainly because they are young enough. Although there's great adult content on there too. I mean, everything that you saw on like Hulu, for example, is being picked up on Disney Plus through Star, and you can unlock it now. And there's a ton of adult content. It's great. So it's it is for the whole family, Disney Plus. So, but I'm thinking, I've also purchased movies on YouTube before, and for me, I've got kids that watch the same. You know what it's like when you're a kid; you watch the same shit over and over and over again. Yep. That's kind of the the tr- the track that my kids are on right now. So for me, it makes more sense for me to just buy a few of those Disney movies through YouTube, which you can do, and keep those there on my YouTube account. And then say, "Okay, forget it to the
1: streaming service." It's too much. So now we're back to the late '90s, early 2000s, where we're buying DVDs. It's just now you don't even get the DVD. It's not
0: a DVD. It's you, just on your on your subscription like, to your
1: pro- profile. Hey, I own Frozen. Let me log into my yeah. Gmail and figure out where the fuck it is. <laughs> you know, when I say, by the way, um, a la carte, it should almost be a la on demand. I don't want to go back to the cable model. The cable model sucked. We all know how it works. Bell and Rogers, and they control all the content. And oh, you want to watch the Food Network? Great, that'll be $2.99 a month because it's not in this package. Want to watch Fox News? Well, that's $9.99 a month. It was ridiculous. What I'm suggesting is we should be able to subscribe to a a streaming platform. That's good. Great, you can do that. You want Netflix, Prime, Crave, whatever, go for it. But if I am a, a fan of... I don't know. The Big Bang Theory. I should be able to buy that. That just streams and it comes through. In this case, it would come through maybe, what is it? uh, Netflix? Is that on Crave? I don't even know what it's on, but I should be able to buy it. And that money that I'm paying every month would go to that streaming service. But I just get it. I'm even tired of flipping between the apps like, oh, okay. I just binged a couple episodes of Ozark. I got to close the app and go to another thing to find something else that I want to watch. It's less convenient because we have Mm -hmm. too much. I just think that you should be able to have the ultimate control and somebody else figures out the money side of it. I shouldn't have to pay $9.99 a month or $12.99 or however much it costs just to watch this or that. I'm getting by right now with the 5TV app from Bell and my IPTV box, which it's illegal, but that's fine. I don't give a shit. I mean... It, a it, lot of people, I think, have it. I think most people do, and I think the industry knows that as well, and that's becoming harder to compete with for them. And uh, what's the other thing that I've got? You got Crave, right? I Crave? do not have Crave. Oh. I have Prime, but I never watch it. It just came with my Prime Prime's subscription. G- you know
0: what, The Prime's garbage. Like, you have to buy another tier in order to get the good shit. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's just garbage. Not it's garbage. In if that. you're just in, like, the the level of, Hey, I'm on prime because of Amazon shipping. So you have access to prime. It's shit. Prime Amazon. Are you hearing me? Hello, Jeff Bezos. It's shit.
1: I also have a uh, stack TV because I like oh, to watch the global news channel.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because when it does come to, to cable and news and people are uh, unsure of what to do because they don't want to cut the cable. Cause then they don't have access to that, to the news, to the, um, maybe it is the food network shows. Maybe it's the HGTV shit that you like. Stack TV is a good option for that. It's cheaper than getting your whole, the whole big cable package if you don't use half of it anyway. So that's a good option. Yeah,
1: I, I thought that was good. And I can, I'm one of those people who can put the Food Network on and watch diners, drive-ins, and dives all day long. Yeah. Well, that shows a trap, right? Yeah, it is. One show rolls right into the next one, so and before you. you know it, you're like, "What? When the fuck did we move to San Francisco? I we were just in Louisiana a few minutes ago." I don't know how they do it. They but- always do
0: it with those shows, man. I think Cops started that, didn't Cops start that? Remember there used to be like marathons of Cops on. Yep. that was me and my siblings watching that shit way too young. By the way, back in the day, we're just watching like one arrest after another, drunk person after another party, and it just rolled into every episode. Just rolled into it. Even the, they even got the song to match up, so it'd be like "Bad Boys, Bad Boys," and then the new one would come on what you're going to do? And it's a new episode. And you're like, what's happening now? When did that happen? Who's that cop? (laughs) What happened to the guy that was in cuffs? This is a different guy on drugs. I haven't seen this guy yet.
1: (laughs) Uh, Canada was late to the party, but we have now finally adopted an American tradition that I've always liked. They have Black Friday. And Mm -hmm. we didn't do Black Friday for a long time. It was, that's an American thing. We have Boxing Day here in Canada. Thank you very much. Well, sure as shit, as soon as we started promoting Black Friday, people love it now. In fact, it outsells Boxing Day many years. Which
0: makes sense because it's before the holiday season. Yes, that's when we're going to spend the money.
1: Well, we were talking about 420, happy 420. And there's a lot of uh, US restaurant chains that have decided, you know what? This is an opportunity. This is an opportunity to have a sale and get people in the door. And I don't think it's going to be very long before Canada does it. I'm hoping that we will start adopting it. And as we mentioned at the beginning, the advertising rules on cannabis are crazy in Ontario. So why not advertise food? Hey, you get a little high, you get a little bit of the munchies. Why not? Wingstop in America has introduced a blazed and glazed flavor specifically for 420. Hmm. Blazed and glazed. I don't know if there's any THC in it or CBD in it. I'm going to assume there probably is, but it's a neat idea. That gets people talking. TGI Fridays also went with the name Blazed and Glazed for their new chicken finger sliders meal. When you're stoned and you can call up the Uber Eats app or skip the dishes or DoorDash, and within half an hour have a whole bunch of chicken finger sliders at your door, that probably seems like you won that $60 million from the Lotto Max last night. Heaven. Fat Burger. Would you go to a place called Fat Burger?
0: I know. It's funny. I've heard of that <laughs> in the States. It's popular in the States, isn't it? I
1: think it is. I've never been to one.
0: But listen, you don't want no thin patty, don't you? It's better than going to a thin patty. I want that
1: Fat Burger. You want
0: burger. the
1: Fat Burger. $4.20 today for an original Fat Burger. They usually sell it for a lot more. Del Taco, big chain in America. Five chicken cheddar rollers for $4.20. That's almost half off.
0: Chicken rollers. Are they always called rollers or are they just called rollers on 420?
1: I think they're always called rollers. And <laughs> I haven't crazy. been to a Del Taco in a long time, but yeah. I have a few questions about what the hell a chicken cheddar roller is. <laughs> I'm going to assume it's probably breaded or in a tortilla and deep fried. That doesn't sound great, to you be honest with you. put
0: the weed in there, and then you roll it up in a tortilla shell.
1: Jack in the Box has the Pineapple Express Milkshake until mm-hmm. the end of the month. Mm-hmm. But starting today, you get a discount. It's usually about 5 bucks for this milkshake. But today, they're selling it for $4.20. Great. <laughs> okay. Jimmy John's. I love Jimmy John's. They're kind of like a... Uh, Kind of like, uh, what's that sub chain, the firehouse one? Firehouse, firehouse subs. subs. It's yeah. kind of, they have subs very yeah. similar to them. Okay. Uh, but in America, it's good. And in America, on all of their subs, they put oil. Oil is so good what? on their subs. It's, it's, it's like, like an, a dressing, a, like an oil? oily Italian dressing. Oh,
0: okay.
1: It's not sub sauce. I know some people here say, oh, it's sub sauce. It's not. Fuck off. It's it's better than sub <laughs> yeah, sauce. Yeah, fuck off, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't argue with me. I'll, t- I'll tell you what the hell it is. So for Jimmy Johns, they're doing the how high are you promo. The discount depends on your elevation. You go to get high with and it'll tell you whether or not you're not so high, kinda high, or the highest based on your elevation on Earth. For example, if you're in Colorado, you're quite elevated. You're quite high. And it's legal there too, so that's perfect. So you get a bigger discount yeah. at the higher elevation.
0: It's kind of fun, you know. It's 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 smart. It's smart to do a promotion like that. We've got nothing here, though. No, because like, we're not creative a, people. We, I haven't seen a thing. It's quite possible because we have so many, um, so many weed stores, pot shops currently. So there could be deals at some of them for paraphernalia, for example. I don't know if they would do a discount on weed today, but for example, paraphernalia could be on sale. So yeah, look it up. Look it up and, and support local. That's great if that's what you're into. But when it comes to like the food places, I mean, that's, I think that, and I go back to the stigma. I think some places are afraid to be associated with it. It seems like they're much more open in the States. I mean, you mentioned like a bunch of promos there. I haven't seen a one here in Canada. Are we afraid of that? Is it too soon for us? Like why, what is the reason why we can't associate ourselves with it?
1: The problem is there's still way too many fucking boomers running around. That's the problem. They're the ones who mainly, I did too. I'm Gen X and I grew up with the whole pass on grass. This is your brain. This is your brain on drugs. Right. But when it became legalized and the government signed off on it and Health Canada put out standards and and things like that for how the industry is to operate, I trusted it enough. And of course, I talked to all my friends who had been doing it all along and I tried it. And when they gave me that, told you so. I had to admit, you were right. I don't know why this Mm -hmm. was illegal. I don't know why I shunned it so much. But in addition to the medicinal benefits, I think that's all we're allowed to say. You can look into them if you want to know more. Uh, It's great to have that option. It's great to have that choice. Again, we're treating adults like adults. And if adults choose to light a joint or eat an edible, as opposed to drinking a beer or down in a bottle of wine, that should be their choice. If there's a stigma around it, I don't know what the stigma would be. It, it's silly to me that there's still people who want to shame others for what they do for recreation. I, I don't get that mentality, but I do have a feeling a lot of it comes from the boomers. They're also the ones who happen to be running the government and setting all the rules.
0: It's interesting, though, because like when they were young, when the boomers were young, did they not smoke pot? Yeah, I mean, they're that so was, fucking hypocritical. But that's the thing is when that was the age where, you know, they they did do it. They did do it. Like, whatever. I also think it's a lack of education, though. I do think it's a lack of education. Some people are still confused CBD with THC and vice versa. They don't understand it. I know there's people that judge and they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about. But how can you judge anything that you
1: don't know that, what you're talking because about?
0: Because people it's because people are assholes. Because oh. people are assholes and they're stubborn and they are too up in their own head thinking that they know everything to bother taking a second to educate themselves on anything at all. It's a constant thing that we have to deal with. And it's not just boomers I'm talking about. I'm talking about people like my age who when uh, a friend of mine might bring it up, for example, like, oh, you guys want to smoke it? Like, oh, no, I can't do that. Or, oh, I take these CBD, whatever, to help me with my hip. <gasps> I'm going to be so, no, too high. I get too, You don't get high off. The, like, people don't fucking know and they just assume and... It's a lack of education, generally. I mean, we don't get educated on it, really. You have to do your own research. But I do implore people to do that. Do your own research. And hey, maybe at the end of it, you're going to figure out, oh, it's still not for me. That's cool. But let other people be.
1: You know what I am still getting used to? And, and maybe this is part of the stigma that, that we feel. Maybe we're just imagining the stigma, and it doesn't exist. But one of the strangest things that's happened to me is last week, I went to the Raptors game. It was very surreal to me to think, oh shit, I should pack a pre-roll. So I grabbed a pre-roll, took it down there. I stood outside Scotiabank Arena, smoked a whole joint and then walked in and watched the game.
0: Are you not to be like, are you allowed to you're not allowed to do that technically. I think you
2: are. I Nobody
1: stopped
0: me. Yeah, but it's it's right under like public you're not supposed to swig a beer outside there, which is stupid by the way. We should we should change well, those rules generally. I but.
1: can't put a joint in a Red Solo cup. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Do they make a Yeti for marijuana? I don't know. People vape it all the time. I mean, people do. People find a way around it. Don't get me wrong.
0: But that's another thing that we need to, I think we need to work on, is just making the rules a little bit more relaxed in that area. Not necessarily like, I don't want drunk people and high people walking around everywhere if they're over the top. But let's do, at least put it into certain areas. Like maybe downtown Toronto in certain spots, it should be okay. And we've talked about Niagara Falls before. Don't even get me started. That should be allowed.
1: It's too misty. It'll keep it's going out. It's too misty. Fuck, my, fuck <laughs> you the You go too falls. close to
0: the ball. You're like, oh, shit, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, fucking joints good. <laughs>
1: it's all soggy now. <laughs> Last but certainly not least, usually I write these things off as bullshit. I'm not a Zodiac kind of person, but I did find some interest in this. We changed signs today. As of today, it's officially Taurus season. Hey, happy birthday if you're a Taurus. It's coming up. They put out an article about how your Zodiac can be linked to your toxic trait.
0: Dun-dun-dun.
1: We all have some sort of a toxic trait involved in us. Sure. At least one, right? At least one. We can all admit that. (laughs) At least least, one. At least one, right? But the only reason I paid attention to this, because most of the time when I see him on Facebook and stuff, I'm just like, oh, fuck off. I don't have time for that. But I read mine, and I'm a cancer. It said, your, your toxic trait as a cancer is flagrant disregard for personal boundaries. (laughs) That is you. That is you. No, that's so true. Okay. All right. Well, maybe there's something to this. Let me check cats. Cat is a Gemini. Cat's toxic trait, no filter. And I thought this thing is spot on. Oh, shit. So I'm going to go through the signs. They're going to leave you with this in today's episode of After 9. If you are an Aries, we just wrapped up Aries season. Your toxic trait is you have poor impulse control.
0: Impulse controls poor.
1: Is that uh like related to shopping for example? I just cannot it, stop myself from going out and buying a new purse.
0: It, yeah, it could be that. It could even be in social situations. Could if it you be can't sexual? Stop yourself from It could be. I mean, I think you could relate it to just about anything you wanted to. Maybe you can't help yourself but to d- d- say something. Maybe it is about shopping. It could be any number of things.
1: If you're a Taurus, your toxic trait is selfishness. That's a bold one to put out there because I think on some level we're all selfish.
0: Yeah, I mean. We have several toxic traits. A lot of us do.
1: Leo, undo drama. You look for it. (laughs) You bring it. It is part of you. Yeah, you can't help yourself, right? And some people are... Some people, the drama is attracted to them. Maybe if you're a, a Leo... It just comes to you.
0: It's true. Now, my husband's a Leo. And what I will say about that, that reminds me of the way he does it is a little different. It's not straight up like I'm causing drama and here's what's happening and I'm I'm confrontational about it. I'm He's not, but he'll just, he'll do the little, like he'll go ahead and he'll light the fire, but then he walks away from it. Like just making a little comment. Like, did you know that happened to that person? I'm just giving you the information and that's it. And so then he'll drop the match and then
1: make you chase him to get the team or,
0: or anybody else. Yeah. Anybody. Yes. Really? Like what? That happened. What? I'm just telling you.
1: Huh. I like that. If you are a Virgo, criticism. Does that mean you're a critical person? Criticism. Oh, you critique,
0: like, are you critical? Yeah, are you I guess you would be. I you do would be that critical again uh, about other people?
1: I don't know if it's other people or scenarios or what, but I mean I usually pay attention to details as much as possible. And when details don't get looked after, it frustrates the shit out of me. So when I go into a restaurant, for example, okay, great. Ah, oh, you did a fantastic job, except uh, you totally forgot to come over and take my order for like 15 minutes. I might be critical of that. I would never hmm. do it to the actual restaurant. I wouldn't complain, but in my head, yeah, I'm being critical. I judge certain things, and I think a lot of people do. Just now, some people are more vocal about it than others. A bunch of Karens and Sharons. If you are a Libra, outbursts, Caused by repression and unrealistic expectations. Holy shit, Libra. Is is that like throwing a temper tantrum because you didn't get your way? Wow. Read that again. Outbursts caused by repression and unrealistic expectations. Wow. They they went deep on Libra. Somebody hates Libra that wrote that. Wow. that's That's a very intense. Scorpio. Capitalizing on the strengths and weaknesses of others. Okay, that sounds like management material hang on, to me. I'll though. be honest with you.
0: Yeah, capitalizing on the strength. I mean, taking advantage, because what I hear when you say weakness, I think taking advantage of somebody. And that's a that's a toxic trait. Absolutely. Sure, absolutely. But how do you take how do you do that with someone's strengths?
1: Okay, so me, let me I think I figured out an example here. Me, I know that one of your strengths is you are highly organized. If I'm to capitalize on that, I could exploit it because I know that you also have a hard time saying no. (laughs) So if I asked, hey, Kat, can you just make sure that I don't forget ever again anything that I'm supposed to do? Then you might feel obligated to take that on. And oh, well, I know that Thursday's Scott's garbage day. I better put a note in my phone and remind (laughs) him that would be exploiting your strengths and weaknesses at the same time.
0: Oh, very good. That's a great example.
1: Sagittarius. One word. Rudeness. Oh, shit. You know, Sagittariuses have got a lot of shit going on though. I mean, just the way their birthdays lie. It's either it's sometime between November twenty second and December twenty first. That's one um, of the most stressful times of year. If you're a little rude, I don't really blame you. You got too much shit going on. And people usually ignore yeah. your birthday because it's too close to the holidays. They
0: do. It's true. I don't want to spend the money, sorry. Capricorn.
1: Ruthlessness. Ruthless. Is that like just unadulterated ambition or is that Uh, I will get to the top and I don't care who I screw over in the meantime. Is that what that is? I'm
0: thinking so. I will climb over whoever I have to climb over to get there. But see, somebody would see that and say that you could turn that into a positive too, right? I mean, ruthlessness isn't always negative.
1: Aquarius. Duplicity is their toxic trait. Duplicity. Duplicity is the toxic trait. Let me see if I can figure this out here. Duplicity comes from the Latin word double or twofold, and its original meaning in English has to do with a kind of deception in which you intentionally hide your true feelings or intentions behind false words or actions. Would that be the equivalent of me being, I'm fine, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. Is that a good example of duplicity?
0: Yeah, I think so. Not really. Not really telling people your actual feelings, or and maybe maybe it bottles up a little bit too. It's not. It doesn't sound like a good thing.
1: And if you are a Pisces, your toxic trait is escapism. <laughs> is that like when you uh, uh, don't say goodbye and you just dart excuse. out of the party before anybody notices you're gone? Yeah. Is, is that escapism? It's like ghosting. <laughs>
0: I think escapism. Okay, so if I want to think about that on a deeper level, I think escapism is... I'm just going to go out to the backyard. (laughs) No, I'm not. They make for great magicians. It's incredible. (laughs) I think escapism would be more so... Being the non-confrontational, I mean, they're actually, that star sign in particular is very well known for being caring, loving, not wanting to, you know, fuel any fires or anything like that, keeping everybody calm and grounded. That's what that sign is known for, for the most part. But it can be a toxic trait to just uh, ignore it, basically, and pretend like it's not a problem, right? When something is an I don't issue. want to
1: talk about it. That's fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, and I got no fucking filter. So here's what I got to
1: tell you. <laughs> One of these days, we should have a no-filtered conversation. A really no-filtered conversation. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to this episode of After 9, guys. We went a little long again today. We'll try and clean this up for tomorrow. Have a fantastic 420. Be careful. I don't give a shit what you do, but I do care. If you're driving un- intoxicated,
2: yeah, please, don't do
1: please don't smoke or drink and drive. And we will catch you right back here
2: tomorrow on After 9. If everybody was stoned, there'd be less violence in the world, man. Because you know? they've done studies and they found that you can't hurt anybody if you can't find your car keys. You know? <laughs> <laughs> when you get stoned on a apartment, man, you walk around the house all day with the keys in one hand. You know? <laughs> And they talk about pot being a gateway drug. It's more of a doorway drug. As <laughs> soon as you walk through that doorway, you can't remember what the f- you're looking for. <laughs> what am I doing in the closet? <laughs> why am I holding my keys? That's why I keep a bong in every room of my house. <laughs> and then you go, oh, a bong. Okay, I know what to do now. Anyway. <laughs> A federal judge has overruled the CDC's mask mandate for planes, and now all of the major airlines have dropped their mask requirements. But don't worry. To keep everyone safe, you can now bring only up to 3.4 ounces of COVID on board. <laughs> to put it another way, airlines are basically turning off the seatbelt sign for COVID and telling it to move freely about the cabin. When the news broke, some pilots actually announced the news mid-flight, and people started celebrating. Yeah, passengers were dancing, hugging, kissing, and now they're all in quarantine. They did a big study. They said over an eight-year span, people who live in states that legalize marijuana have a lower demand for prescription drugs. Which makes sense, because who needs drugs when you're already on drugs? But it also explains why I've never seen Cheech or Chong at a CVS here in LA. I heard about a, uh, a woman in Massachusetts who was learning to drive in a cemetery and crashed into eight headstones. It's just weird that her driving instructor was like, a "Try a U-turn at Edna Doyle's final resting place in a Parallel Park by the mausoleum."
1: The After Nine Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, Broker at Remax
2: Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy.